You're listening to the Better Man Podcast, becoming life-giving men together. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Better Man Podcast. My name is Adam Tarno, and I am joined by one of the founding partners of Better Man, Robert Lewis. Robert, how are you doing this morning? Great, Adam. Great to be with you again. Why don't you let the listeners know what we have in store for this episode? We've got a we've got a great uh, guest here with us today, uh, Kevin Harris, who is part of Radical Mentoring. In fact, he's the new leader of Radical Mentoring, and he's going to be yeah. sharing with us what they do to reach men and to ground men in a deeper walk with Jesus. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to this interview. So you guys listen to this, and then Robert and I will be back with a few closing thoughts. Kevin, welcome to the podcast. It's great to have you here with us this morning. Thank you guys so much for having me. It is an honor. Yeah. yeah we're delighted to have you here, Kevin. Absolutely. And so, uh, Kevin, let's just start off talking about radical mentoring. Uh, what is it and how did it get started? Yeah. So I'll uh, maybe I'll reverse those and do how it got started first, and then I'll get into the what is it. Great. Because I do think um, that's a better way to tell the story. So I was introduced to radical mentoring in 2002. Um, by a guy named Reggie Campbell, who is our, uh, our late founder. And Reggie was a guy that um, probably like some of some of the listeners here who was called a mentor. A lot of people would call him a mentor. And typically when a guy like that is called a mentor, that means he's a mentor to a lot of different people. Yeah. And so Reggie was a guy who would be at a Waffle House and a Starbucks and a McDonald's and back to the Waffle House and back to the Starbucks, sharing his story, sharing his life with guys who are a little bit further behind him, but who wanted his input. Hmm. And maybe they wanted his input on marriage or business or dating or some some, um, you know, some combination of all of those. And what what Reggie really landed on was this idea that. Um, he didn't feel like he was seeing any fruit from that work. I mean, he was kind of putting putting bubble gum on a dam for a guy that um, needed something to be fixed right away. And, and Reggie heard a guy named Tim Elmore say, more time with fewer people is a greater kingdom impact. More time, fewer people, greater impact. And like so that. in 2001, Reggie decided rather than meet with all these guys one-on-one, he was just going to invite them to write their obituaries as a way to apply to be a part of a mentoring group. And Reggie was going to give them a very intentional year of his life, inviting them into his house once a month for three hours. He pulled books off his bookshelf, pulled scriptures out of his um, out of his Bible, took some homework assignments, made up some homework assignments, and just decided that's how he was going to invest his time with a smaller group of guys. Late 2001, I got the uh, same email about writing my obituary. So in February of 02, I walked into Reggie's house thinking that I was going to be a part of a networking group. Um, you know, I'd meet some great guys who are in business. I'd hang out with Reggie. We'd sort of figure out a way to do life together. We talk about Jesus. We do business. We'd kind of, but we might talk about Jesus a little bit, but it'd be more about networking and getting to know each other. And God um, totally flipped my world upside down. And so what I experienced in 2002, Reggie did on his own for up until, literally up until the month before he passed away, he was leading another a small group of these men. Wow. And what started off as his groups and became radical mentoring which today we work with somewhere around 400 churches and have seen somewhere around 14,000 men come through this process. And it's really no different than what Reggie did. What we just decided to do was take that 
and put it in the hands of church leaders and pastors who had a heart to pour into the lives of the next generation, um, didn't have a framework to do it, and we wanted to make that accessible so that they didn't have to rewrite the script, that we could just hand them what Reggie had did and we modified over time so they could create those same kind of almost small groups on steroids, if you will, for uh, for men. Yeah. So you got involved in it by an invitation then, it sounds like. Totally. Yeah. And, and which is really sort of our philosophy. I mean, I, I knew a guy whose dad worked with Reggie um, and this guy said, hey, I'm thinking about doing this mentoring group. What do you think? And so I got this email that said, write your obituary. What we really think makes the kind of makes the magic of these radical mentoring groups happen is that it is a little bit of a shoulder tap, yeah, a little bit of an invitation only where you're giving men the opportunity to apply to be a part of something. Yeah. So what that does is sort of creates a, an artificial bar, if you will, that these guys automatically think this is going to be a little different than what I've experienced before. And then you start to lay out the expectations of attendance and homework and reading books and doing memorizing scripture. And you start laying out all these things that all of a sudden they, these men begin to understand that this will be a different experience than maybe what they've seen or been a part of in the past. So if you came in thinking that this was going to be kind of a business networking, and then you learned that this was going to be a little bit more intentional, a little more focused on your life, uh, you know, the reading and the scripture memorization and all that, how, what was your first reaction to that? You know, it was really, <laughs> my first reaction was I walked into to Reggie's house and um, he started our meeting with prayer and he got on his knees and, and really had a honest and transparent conversation with his heavenly father about his vision um, for what he wanted for the lives of myself and the other guys that showed up. Mm. And then he shared his story. And when he shared his story, he didn't sort of give the highlight reels of all the things he did. He didn't give us the bio that you could find on the website. He began to unpack those really uncomfortable places for, um, for him, where his life got off the rails, where his business got off the rails, but where God continued to show up, where God showed up originally and really sort of redeemed his marriage and redeemed his parenting, and then how he just established this beautiful relationship with Jesus every day. Yeah. And he gave that to us. And then he challenged us to share our stories. And so when we began to unpack our stories, we all unpacked them with the same level of transparency that Reggie did because he created a space where that was totally comfortable for us to do that. And all of a sudden, you know, we all walked in with, you know, well-dressed with the masks on, hoping that we were going to kind of negotiate different deals and get involved with each other business-wise. And we left, as, uh, you know, snot bubbles in a total mess because all of a sudden <laughs> we were like, man, this is different. And we can be who God's called us to be and be able to do this in an authentic community with a group of men. So it was a absolutely, from the first moment, a transforming experience for all of us. Had you ever experienced anything like that before, that level of authenticity, especially with other men? No, no. I mean, I could show up in any meeting. You know, I became a Christian in my head. Um, and as an eighth grader, I went on a missions trip with Guest Road Baptist Church in Dorman, North Carolina. The girls were cuter, so I went on that missions trip, <laughs> met Jesus there, and he sort of lived up here for a while. I lost my yeah. dad when I was in high school, which mm. for me was a incredibly tragic event, but was yeah. also a huge mask that I began to wear was sort of this mask, and I always call it a crutch, that... I was kind of walking around with this crutch that everybody knew good days or bad days. I lost my dad when I was in high school. And so, you know, just you kind of don't get too close. And, and I began to really operate in a way that allowed me to 
show up in environments where people would think I had it all together. I could answer most of the questions because I'd been trained in youth groups and Sunday school classes for years, but I never let these guys get into the inside of who I who I was. As you guys talked about a few weeks ago on, on one of the old podcasts about having a confidant, I never had yeah. a confidant because I was totally afraid to let guys in and know that I was hurting. And so hmm. the moment I experienced that within the first 30 minutes of being in Reggie's house was a complete shift in anything that um, I had expectations of. Yeah, that's a that's a really neat story. And I'm sure one that a lot of our listeners can identify with. There is something very cathartic about the first time you sit uh, in a room specifically with a group of men and you just kind of open up your life and you, you let the mask down, as you said. And uh, you know, I, I was living in Atlanta right after I graduated from college in the late nineties, early two thousands as well. In fact, I think the guy that mentored me was mentored by Reggie. Um, and so I know Reggie's name. So his name's Bob Strickland and, um, was a part of North point community church. And that's where I was going in Atlanta when I had first moved there. And I had gone to a Saturday morning breakfast where Tim Elmore came and talked to the men of North point about mentoring and, uh, so I, I think our circles probably were overlapping there for a little bit. And that's, that's uh, the meeting where Reggie would say he, he maybe, but if, agree with me, Adam, if I'm totally wrong, cause it'll make for a better story. If you say, right. right. But Reggie said he stood up at the end of that meeting and said, who wants to be mentored? And every hand in the room went up. And then he said, who's willing to mentor? And nobody's hand went up. Huh? And I think he, he mentions, it may be, Bob, he mentions a guy named Bob as he shares that story. And he looks at this guy who was sort of a legendary guy in and around the North Point community. And he said, no, no Bob, you, you need to not, you don't like, you don't need a mentor. You are a mentor. So put right. your hand down and raise it on the next question. Like we need, you're the kind of guy that needs to be pouring his life in. You don't need anybody to mentor you. So yeah, yeah t- that quote, I think from Tim may have came out of that, that conversation. Yeah, it was. uh, What I remember about that morning was number one, uh, I couldn't believe this many men got up that early on a Saturday morning, and then number two, I remember I got to shake Andy Stanley's hand, and so that was kind of what what I remember. But I did get a mentor out of that, and it was hugely (laughs) influential uh, in my life. And um, and I do. It's it was. I can point back in my own spiritual journey to the. it, It wasn't just one guy. You know, it was this collective group experience to be able to share with men. Hey, here's what's really going on in my life. Here's the fears I have. Here's the temptations I'm struggling with. And, uh, and it is, it's life transforming, as you said. So it's, I'm sure there's a lot of other readers that have been, or listeners that have been through very similar things. So, uh, so Kevin, in the last year, you've stepped in now and, and become the president of Radical Mentoring. And so tell us a little bit about that journey and how that happened. Yeah. So, um, you know, I wish I, I'd love to say that in 2002, I met Reggie. He answered all my questions that I knew was, you know, this was the path God was calling me to. And so I stepped right into it and everything was perfect from that moment. Uh, but I would be lying. And I don't want to do that in front of <laughs> <Right>. you, too. Um, <laughs> Thank so you. My, my business career was one that, um, you know, had some mild accolades to it, um, but one that caused me to travel a lot. And so is, is guys who um, are stuck sort of in that, you know, what's the right quote unquote job for me to do, or they get on the rat race and the treadmill of walking into, in my case, Hartsfield Airport every week. Um, that began to grind me down to a shell. And so mm. as I began to realize that, um, 
My marriage was on the rocks. My relationship with my young boys at the time was a little shaky because I I bought the lie that somebody told me that said travel when your kids are young. They won't know you're gone. And then mm. they forget to tell you that your kids start to grow up. And then they start right. to ask really good questions like, Dad, are you going to be here in the morning when I wake up? No, I'm getting up at five to drive to so-and-so or go to the airport for whatever reason. And so as I began to crack, uh, Reggie had always been close and about – you know, I, I cracked. I had a couple of deals I was trying to finish up. I, the stress was really through the roof. And, and Reggie, about seven years ago, said, I've got this idea that I'd love for you to consider thinking about joining me in radical mentoring. Hmm. And and what God began to do is he first said that, and I began to kind of process what that would look like. God reminded me of a what I would say, in, you know, in, in Christianese would be a calling in my life. I had at one point to be in ministry. And then God began to remind me of the prayer, the prayer that I had prayed oftentimes when I was after being with Reggie or in his groups was that that Reggie would be sort of my exit strategy. But in my mind, he would buy some company, would need a sales and marketing guy to come in and help them. And then I would be able to leave this corporate space and join Reggie in this business world. And and God sort of reminded me again to say, hey, remember that prayer you prayed? I, I didn't forget that one either. I just needed you to experience some life and and have a story and take a little bit of that kind of prodigal son type of a journey and, and come back and know that I, I never left. I had you. I got you the mm-hmm. whole time. And now I've got something better for you. And so when I decided to make that transition, it was before we, you know, I, I knew Reggie had some health issues, but we didn't know exactly what all was going on. And so I got to spend the last five years incredibly close with Reggie traveling and talking and speaking and doing life with him again on a daily basis and it just began to prepare me more and more and more. And so when he passed away now, uh, January of this year, um, it, it was another one of those moments where I felt a little bit of that incredible pressure of, I can't do this. Why yeah. am I here? Uh, you're not qualified. Nobody cares what you have to say. This is, you know, this has always been about Reggie and now Reggie's not here and it's never going to be. I mean, it was all, you know, my idle mind was the devil's playground mm-hmm. over the last several months. God's just affirmed and affirmed and affirmed over and over again that I'm doing what I believe I'm supposed to do. And there's no greater joy than getting emails from men about, you know, hey, I just had my story retreat. I got one yesterday from a guy in Illinois. I got a story retreat. I just finished up my story retreat for the fourth time. This is, he's leading his fourth group. And he said, and every year, I think it will never be as good as it was last year. And every year God shows up and begins to crack these guys open. And I get to hear those stories over and over and over again. I'm leading my fourth group now. And so I get to experience it both as a mentor, both as speaking to mentors and then having you know, rewind the tape as a mentee. So I just, it's been a tough year, but God's done some incredible stuff. Yeah. Uh, Robert, how did you first learn about Kevin? Where did you two first meet? Actually, my first uh, connection with Radical Mentoring was uh, through an email. And so I got on and just started investigating uh, the organization. And uh, the more I looked into it, the more I felt like what what Radical Mentoring is doing is what I've been doing at a level, not not as uh, detailed over a year as they do it, but uh, with men and uh, with some of the same similarities of getting guys together, helping them unpack, tell stories together, those kind of things. Uh, then I saw a video with Reggie and Andy Stanley uh, sharing uh, how they've uh, connected and how North Point has used 
radical mentoring. And so then when we started Better Man, I thought, you know, we need we need some partners. We need some guys who are the same DNA as uh, Better Man. And so I just contacted Kevin and we started a conversation. And one thing led to another. And I asked if he would uh, consider uh, being one of our partners that we could promote because he's a great next step after yeah. Better Man. I mean, Better Man is really an outreach where uh, radical mentoring is more of an inreach with guys over a year. And so I think it's been a great partnership, and I'm delighted that we can share that partnership even here today. That's great. Hey there, podcast listeners, Adam Tarno here. We are excited to announce that Better Man's online store has officially launched. That's right. Better Man now has swag and it's just in time for the holidays. You can now find high quality Better Man apparel and accessories for yourself or the men in your group at betterman.com slash store. Now, I know this goes without saying, but I'm going to say it anyway. None of the items in our store are marked up to earn a profit, but with each purchase, you will be helping us spread the word about the free life-changing resources that we offer here at Better Man. So celebrate with your men, your Better Man experience by purchasing one of our hats, our shirts, our pullovers, get a few for Christmas. Get that Christmas list knocked out now. Get ahead of the game. You can learn more at betterman.com slash store. That's betterman.com slash store. So, uh, Kevin, how has Radical Mentoring been doing this year? I mean, we talked about when Reggie passed away in January. So obviously the year started off on a on a down note. But in light of the pandemic and everything, why don't you give us an update? How, how have things been this year? You know, we have learned um, probably like like any business in, in, or any venture you start, you kind of go out, you know, and you cast a really wide net and you build these relationships with people. And then over time, you unintentionally let those relationships kind of fall off a little bit because you keep looking at whatever the next church is or the next group is that's going to get started. And so what we've done this year, which has been so life-giving to me, is we sort of you know, we, we believe that these groups don't work as well in a in a Zoom environment. You've got right. to go eyeball to eyeball and heart to heart to really get these these groups to, to come together. But if we go back to these existing mentors and churches and we've just created some space for these guys to come back together as a tribe, as, as Seth Godin would call it, and kind of reach back into that core radical mentoring tribe, which has been very energizing for our team. I think really energizing for these guys. It's kept some momentum going. And then now we're just sort of preparing for um, launches that in some instances have happened in the fall, launches that they'll happen in, in January. But it's been, um, you know, we've we had to cancel our annual. Uh, we do a mentor retreat every year. We've had to cancel. We had to cancel that in the in the spring. So it's been sort of that you know, kind of the 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 whatever the, the dominoes kept falling like for, right. for most of us in 2020. But to be able to sort of get energized around the idea that we do have a core group of men who have who have ascribed to themselves the identity of mentor that they have said over and over again, like, this is, this is what I will do until Jesus calls me home and be able right. to get those guys together to share that experience has been really, really, uh, really life-giving to us. And it's allowed us just to kind of step back a little bit and pause in the midst of losing Reggie and then dream a little bit about what we might look like moving forward. Yeah. And you guys are in, as you mentioned in the beginning of the podcast, over 400 churches. So I would imagine it's pretty well spread out all throughout the country. So do you have 
some uh, some of these groups that are trying to meet in person, but are also in yeah. So I'll, I'll stop there and then ask another. Follow yeah, up. it really is church to church and state to state. And, yeah, you know, city to city. Um, like I'll use my my group as an example. Um, what I'll do is we're supposed to meet on uh, Monday night on about the Thursday before. I'll send an email to all those guys or a text and say, hey, I'm looking forward to seeing everybody Monday. What do you guys think? Are you willing to get together or not? Or do you want to you know, go back to Zoom? And if one person says they're uncomfortable, then we all go to Zoom again. If everybody says we're good to go, we'll get back together and we'll distance inside my garage or inside the house somewhere. Yeah. So it really varies. You know, you got a lot of churches that are saying we're not meeting until 2021. And so those churches have sort of paused everything because right. they don't want to contradict some, you know, not meeting till 2021, but then encouraging these groups to get together. So we've, we've sort of seen everything. It's really hard to launch a group, launch a mentoring group like this right now, because you lose the impact of the story. Yeah, it's really hard sense. to end a mentoring group right now, because there's something about that final commencement where you get everybody together and you get to sort of dream about what the next steps might be. And so yeah. we have some groups that are extending a little bit as well. So we've, we've seen a little bit of everything. Okay, that's good. So let's talk to the church leader right now that is interested. They are maybe not familiar with radical mentoring and the whole process, and they're driving around, listening to this, going, all right, yeah, in 2021, uh, I'd love to bring something like this into my church. Why don't you explain what is the process? How does it work for a church? And then how do men in that church then get involved? Yeah, so what we always say to people is start slow. Okay. You know, and we, we talked about it, and Robert and I have talked about it before. Radical mentoring can't be the answer for your men's ministry. We don't ever want to be the answer for your men's ministry or small groups ministry because we really think the beauty of men, this mentoring environment is the commitment level you're asking of men. Hmm. So we're saying you're giving us once a month for three hours. You're giving your mind to reading these books and you're giving your mind to these scripture memorization. You're taking these homework assignments and you're applying them back into your house. And you've got to be with with your group once a month for three hours. Hmm. So that automatically caused some men to go, I can't do that because my travel schedule is not right or. You know, I'm just not willing to commit to that kind of a space, which is why I love this partnership with Better Man, because you want to have different places for guys to land. And so in this, you know, churches sometimes won't do anything with men's ministry at all. And they they sort of flounder around. And so in some churches, we'll have one one guy who reads Mentor Like Jesus or hears about us. And he just looks into his Rolodex and says, here are eight guys I'm going to invite to be a part of this. And he launches a group. Sometimes the church doesn't necessarily know what he's doing. He's just doing it out of, out of his God saying to him, hey, this is where I want you to spend your time. Some churches say we're going to launch this as a second phase of a men's ministry or we're going to invite men who have been actively involved in other areas of, of men's ministry that we want to invest in. We want them to sort of have an opportunity to apply to be a part of these mentoring groups. And so yeah. what we as an organization have done is um, we give all of our content away. Um, we want churches to not have a financial hurdle to uh, to be a part of something like these mentoring groups. And so our our vision is and my vision is that um, we'll be funded by men and by churches who've been touched by radical mentoring. And you can't yeah. be touched by radical mentoring until you experience it. Mm. So radicalmentoring.com houses all of the content houses the process with recommended books, a recommended track, all the homework assignments laid out for you. 
Um, how do you consider starting this group? What are some conversations you have to engage mentors and mentees and others? And so we really try to lay it all out from beginning to end for folks to see it right there on the website and then get guides like myself and some other folks in our team who will walk you through that launch process so you don't feel like you're getting resources and no people. We want to make sure we partner with them to make sure it, it works really well. Well, that's good. I mean, it sounds like it's no cost. And then you guys have the uh, all the training available to make this as easy as possible for church leaders uh, to try it. to implement this. That's great. And like I tell churches, I said, I'm, I will call you in a year from now and I'm going to ask you over, well, I'm going to talk to them throughout the year, but I'm going to say at the very end, hey, did this make a difference? And are you willing to pay this forward? And so what, uh, what yeah. we typically see is men or churches will give back to radical mentoring so that we can continue to put this in the hands of other churches in their areas. Yeah. But after they've experienced it, as you said. After they've experienced it, absolutely. Yeah. That's really good. All right. Well, let's let's talk more about, uh, I'd love to hear some of your insights on just what you're seeing out there in the lives of men right now and what some of the other mentors in your network are starting to see. So uh, let's start on the uh, on the positive side. What are you seeing in the lives of men right now that's really encouraging to you? You know, I think what we see more than anything is there is a, God's given each one of us a desire to be in community with each other and to want to be authentic. And if you have hurting men, men that are hurting need to be in safe environments where they can share some of that and process some of that. And so, you know, the two things we hear, I think, oftentimes over the last, you know, the last several months is, you only get to see, you know, 20 percent of, a, of a, a person on the surface. Eighty percent of what's happening is underneath the surface. And then we've also heard the, the idea that COVID, the election, whatever it might be, is it's not creating stress and anxiety, but it's beginning to reveal that stress and anxiety in people. And so what, what I love that that happens inside of these groups is if it's the right environment and in the right safe space, it's allowing men to share and process out loud together with a group of other like-minded men who are struggling with the same things. And they're beginning to, to understand what it's like to live an authentic life with Jesus in a world that is just, you know, up, tossing us upside down and sideways all the time. So that's good. It's the community that makes a huge difference. Yeah, Robert, it reminds me of some of what we've talked about in some of the past episodes on before this pandemic, there was another epidemic out there and it was that epidemic of loneliness, you know, and that all the health experts were, you know, very, very concerned about even that and what that does to the life of somebody. And, uh, and it sounds like, you know, organizations and, and ministries like Better Man and like Radical Mentoring are really helping to stave off some of that isolation that is so easy to happen. And if there's ever a year to not be isolated, it's this year, right? That's exactly right. The couple of groups that I'm leading right now, um, we do some uh, some similar things as radical mentoring on a lighter level, and that is uh, having times where guys can assemble out at our house and share their personal stories, and we give them prompts to do that. It, it is amazing how quickly guys will open up because they hunger for that kind of transparency if they know that the men inviting them into it are safe people. Yeah. And that creates a tremendous bond. And, uh, you know, I've got a bunch of guys I'm working with right now where we've bonded and, uh, every week it gets better and deeper. And that's, uh, that, that's what I'm excited about. I think men, men who have those environments and, and, and get involved at that level will flourish Hmm. and leave flourishing. Yeah. That's why I'm so excited about radical mentoring. Yeah, that's really I good. I agree, one hundred percent. 
Yep. So, uh, so Kevin, there is a lot that is encouraging men getting together, especially this, you know, during this year and, and fighting off the isolation and experiencing the joy and the maturity and the growing that happens when you do life with other people, specifically with other men. So if we go to the other side though, I mean, are you seeing anything out there in the lives of men right now that is concerning to you? Yeah. I mean, I think you, you know, I, I, I've seen some of it individually where I've, you know, brought my groups together and we'll talk about an issue like sexual integrity, or we'll talk about an issue like finances. And you begin to really see the, the incredibly ugly wake that this whole environment is creating for some people where they're, you know, if they're really isolated and really alone, they're drifting back to some of those bad habits that they may have had in the past that, that brought them some level of comfort. Yeah. Um, you know, you hear sto- you're hearing some stories now around, you know, suicides that are really tragic. We hear some of it in our, in our, com- we've seen some of it in our community where it's really an identity issue. It is, you know, you've attached yourself much like I did. I mean, when I began to process, you know, through my depression, it was, I had attached my identity to a lot of different things. Right now, if you've attached your identity to your presence in the workplace or your, you know, Marriott points and your sky miles, well, man, your identity has just been totally destroyed. And if your family didn't know you before because you were traveling all the time, they may not really like the person that's waking up inside the four walls of their house now because you're there all the time. And I just yeah. think there's, I see it in my kids, you know, I see it as my boys are 14 and 11 and um, the difference in, in their lives from being back in school to when they were home and virtual, it is like night and day because even at, I mean, at that age, they crave the community. Yeah. And, and so I just, I think we're just starting to, you know, I think we're better understanding that there is just a, it's, it is revealing some of that ugliness that um, probably was there before that we were able to push, push away because we covered that with busyness and in other activities. And I think it's, we're, we're seeing some of that rise to the surface. Yeah. And, you know, probably with all the good stories that we're hearing about men that are uh, fighting off isolation, they're still pursuing relationships with other men and being vulnerable and authentic. Uh, Who knows what the number is, but for every one of those that is practicing some of those healthy habits, there's probably two or three that are not, you know, and they're, they're in our churches now. And so, you know, when this season passes and it'll pass because all seasons eventually do, there could be a lot of hurting men and women uh, in our churches that are ready and would really need something like better man and radical mentoring to help them process all that they kind of pushed away and stuffed during this season. So, um, the Barna, yeah. the Barna study to me was so revealing about how many men are lonely, have uh, a sense of, uh, poor, uh, well-being as far as how they feel about their life and those kind of things. But, um, have nowhere to go with that. And like you right. said, for everyone who's getting some attention we're talking about here on this broadcast, I'd say there's tenfold of guys out there who are going about the daily grind, but who have a really distraught personal interior yeah. in a private life that they're not sure where to go with it. Yeah, that's exactly right. And I think that the disconnect from the local church is, is, incredibly tragic. I mean, you know, I even look at my own family and, 
you know, back when, you know, I guess the, the numbers were, and Robert, you probably know this world better than I do, but the average family was showing up at church like 1.6 times a month when things were totally normal. Yeah. Well, man, if we're, if we are out of rhythm, if we were out of rhythm when life was normal, getting back into, you know, just the, the rhythm of, of faith community is, is really, really challenging. And so many land area churches and churches all across the country are saying, we're not meeting right now. We're pushing out to 2021. And right. I just, I, I, I fear what that looks like as well. Once, once the world gets back to normal and opens back up again, what, what it, what will it look like at some of our churches when, when your families just have just gotten out of the habit, it's going to be hard to, it may be hard to get some of those back together. Yeah. And Kevin, to your point, I mean, here in da- I'm in the Dallas area and our church started meeting probably about six or eight weeks ago. And um, I really like the process that they went through and the, the, the different ways that they're trying to protect everybody and all the options that they give people that you can show up and be near people or you can show up and be away from people. Lots of great options. And, uh, and I've really been impressed with the way the leadership has handled all of that. And just simple little things like just seeing other people, um, not to be funny, who have taken a shower, right? Like, like that, that, uh, does something for your soul, seeing yeah. other people smile, um, having those and little worshiping. Sh- I mean, gosh, I, yeah. I mean, to sing together, even with a mask on, cause I know that singing is one of the worst things you can do as it relates to spreading stuff, but exactly just to be in community for our families, we've over the last several weeks have been able to do that. You're right, Adam, it is so life giving to be in that space. And I just, I want that for, for more and more people. Cause I think it's just going to be another critical part of the, of the healing process that we've got to go through. Yeah. I underestimated, uh, how much it was or how helpful it was going to be, you know, it's kind of like, yeah. Oh yeah, we'll go back. It's church. You know, I've been, been going for 20 years. It'll be the same. And I didn't realize what it did for my soul and, mm-hmm. uh, and how grateful I am that our church here has said, no, we're going to keep doing this because it is important. And, and, you know, lots of great options with technology that people who uh, are immune compromised are just not comfortable yet. They have great options as well too. So, yeah. so let's talk about then uh, just real quickly as we get towards the end here of how, you know, so there is that church leader that's, you know, wanting to know about that process. So now they've heard this and they, they want to, they want to get involved. They want to bring radical mentoring into their church. What's the best first step for them? Yeah, the best step for anybody is to, and I hate to say this because it sounds impersonal, but to visit our website, which is RadicalMentoring.com. Side note, um, if some of your better man listeners uh, have got some better women in their home, we just launched a women's mentoring environment called Known Collective. So it's going to be the the DNA of Radical Mentoring designed for women. So RadicalMentoring.com will be for the men's content knownandworthy.com will be for the women's content. I want to make sure I mention that. That's great. If they go to that website, yeah, they can create an account. They can see the process. And then from there, they'll be able to, um, they'll get assigned a person that will help them. They'll get some email correspondence and then we'll just begin to have conversations and journey with them along the way. Great. Well, last question here. Uh, Any great plans for 2021 for Radical Mentoring? Anything you're really excited about? You know, we're uh, we're really excited about getting our tribe back together. We're going to launch our ment- we're going to do another mentoring summit, which will be in um, uh, April 15th through the 17th and outside of Atlanta, which is will be exciting to be able to get back together again. This uh, launching of the women's mentoring model is very exciting for us. We've also just added to our team and we're really going to be leaning into how do we engage more effectively the transcultural, multicultural churches and the African-American churches as well. So we really Amen. we really feel like the, the framework for our, our mentoring ministry 
um, just has got such an incredible ability to reach so many. And so we just we're really excited about adding to our team, which will in turn allow us to reach more and more churches and bring this message and this mission to more and more men. I love it. All right. Well, give us those websites one more time and I'll be sure to include links in the show notes. Absolutely. It's RadicalMentoring.com or KnownAndWorthy.com for the women's website. That's fantastic. Kevin, it's been great having you on the show today. Thank you so much for your time. This, this is a great, great time with you. Adam and Robert, you guys are great. You're doing so much for churches and men, and I'm just uh, honored to be able to partner with you along the way as well. I love seeing we're both on the same mission, trying to push men to the same place. Amen. Thank you, friend. All right, Robert, that was a great interview. Uh, Really, really interesting stuff, what he's doing over there with Radical Mentoring. It was fun to see even some of the small world that he and I had with some overlap there. Yeah, you guys were almost kissing cousins, weren't you? (laughs) I know, yes. I didn't even realize. I I had a suspicion when I saw that Reggie Campbell was the founder of Radical Mentoring that I bet we knew some of the same people, but so encouraging to hear about what they're doing. So uh, what what are some of your final thoughts here as we wrap up? I just, uh, I really do feel like uh, what, Radical Mentoring does, is a great partner with what we're doing at Better Man. I mean, we love to reach out to guys and start drawing them in from the community, but the kind of intentional discipleship that they do close range with men, uh, I just, I've looked through their material. It is excellent, and they're having great results, and it's really clear uh, that God is blessing them in a great way. That ministry has grown all across the country. That's right. Well, uh, yeah, it was a great interview. I'm glad we had him on there. We'll have to get him on again. And as always, Robert, great to be with you today. Be with you too, Adam. Hey, everybody. Adam Tarno here. If you like what you heard on the show today, please do us a favor and rate and review the show. That'll help people find us. If you are a church or organization leader interested in bringing the Better Man 11-week event to your community, go to betterman.com for more information. Today's episode was mixed and edited by the team at Sound of a Rose. And you can learn more about them at soundofarose.com. This has been the Better Man Podcast. Have a great day.